today on The Takeover, we have a very special guest with us, Sarah Bassingthwaite. She has a flute concerto premiere coming up with the Northwest Symphony Orchestra on Saturday, April 30th, and we couldn't be more excited to have her here for The Takeover to tell us a little bit about her musical career as a flutist and a composer and some of her favorite contemporary works. And here's Sarah. I started playing music when I was four years old as a little piano player. And I even started composing when I was five, my first pieces. I still have them notated in very big script. (laughs) They're pretty cute. Um, I started the flute when I was nine years old. um, And I decided to go into music professionally at that end of high school when you have to make decisions. And I realized for the first time, really, that music had been the constant in my life. I became a composer. As I mentioned, when I was very little, I did some. And then when I was in high school, did a a few cute little ditties. But then uh, when I was at school at Indiana University studying for my flute degree, I took some composition lessons. And I found those to be really interesting. And being at Indiana, there were some interesting composers there, including Harvey Solberger. And uh, just hearing some of the new ideas and new sounds that these composers came up with was really inspirational. And I felt like a door had been opened, like, oh, there's all this other stuff you can do. The pieces that I chose today uh, were inspired by a few ideas. Um, Among them, orchestration, reducing, um, what happens in the first few moments of the piece, how the piece moves through time, And what is the piece's relationship to being expressive? We are going to hear a piece by Boulez, a piece by a friend of mine, Linda Antas, and Pert, all-time favorite, um, a piece of my own, and then a piece by George Crumb. So I'll start with the Boulez Memorial. This is a piece that I played the flute solo part on with the University of Washington Contemporary Group. So you are hearing the Contemporary Group with Eric Rines as the principal violin, uh, Joël Francois Durand conducting. Um, part of what I loved about this piece was just the tone colors. They are amazing. Uh, He calls for the use of French mutes on the strings, and it creates a very high-end, high-frequency sound that you don't usually hear with the strings. Uh, very unusual sound. Um, and then the colors, the way it mixes, there's horn and flute. The Just the mix of sounds is amazing. But what really struck me about this piece was on the concert that we did at Meany Hall, we did it twice, once at the beginning of the concert and once at the end. And um, when we talked to the audience members afterwards, every single person had a very strong opinion about which one was better. And I was so surprised by that. And there's a lot of things that we performers think about a lot. When we're programming, we think about program order, um, you know, how our pieces received depending on when, when you put them. And we also think about um, how one performance varies from another. So this was just a really interesting experiment. Um, and it connects to a couple of the other pieces that we'll talk about today because at the time I had never heard of anybody doing the same piece twice on a program. Um, and since I've discovered that people do do that. And Pert in particular, who you'll hear in a little bit, uh, one of the CDs that he helped produce, he had his pieces, Spiegel im Spiegel and Firolina, both repeated. The, the CD goes Spiegel im Spiegel and then Firolina, then Spiegel im Spiegel on a different instrument, then Firolina again, different performance, and then Spiegel im Spiegel again, yet another performance. And uh, so it is really interesting. It, uh, it helps keep us connected with the aliveness uh, of the piece because uh, you're more aware of the performer and the performance of that. Thank you. 
You just heard Memorial by Pierre Boulez. This is Sarah Bassingthwaite, flutist and composer, and you're listening to Second Inversion, Rethink Classical. Linda Antas is a composer and a flutist who now teaches at Montana State, and she is a good friend of mine um, and just a fantastic flutist, but her composing was what really uh, made an impression on me. So this piece, A River from the Walls, um, the title evokes exactly what the piece itself evokes to me, which is water, lots and lots of water. Um, it's for flute and electronics. And so you're going to hear a lot of uh, computer-generated sounds um, that are an interesting blend of sounds that sound like water as well as some that sound like the flute. So it blends with the solo instrument really beautifully. But one of the, the impressions that this piece made on me was her use of extended techniques on the flute. Um, she has multiphonics. She has a sound I'd never heard at the time before where the flutist does a ch sound into the flute, and it's just awesome. It's such a great sound, and a few others like that. Um, but she used them in such a way that there was nothing gimmicky about it at all. It was an absolute musical language that was so effective and so expressive. And the um, ability to do that is really something spectacular. I learned a lot from that.
You just heard A River from the Walls by composer Linda Antas. This is Sarah Bassingthwaite, flutist and composer, and you're listening to Second Inversion, Rethink Classical. I chose the piece Fear Alina by Avro Pert because to me it's one of the most beautiful pieces of music I've ever heard. Pert, according to many sources, is the most frequently performed composer, living composer, um, for the past five years or so. And I think there's a couple of reasons for this. One is because he writes a lot of choral music and there are a lot of choirs. And the second is that the music is so um, clear and beautiful and um, really draws the listener in. And it, it makes you active as a listener, which is almost surprising because in the quietness, it almost brings to mind uh, a passive feeling, but it isn't. Um, and there's something about uh, Parrot's approach to composition that really speaks to me personally um, because it's something about quietness. So I've been thinking a lot about what it means to... People talk about silence in music and the importance of silence. And I realized something actually just yesterday is that if you want silence or quietness, you can't just be silent or quiet because the space gets filled with something else. So to create it, you have to actually create sounds around that silence to reserve that space. And I think that that's what he does. And that's maybe what art does in general, is that it creates a... Uh, focus or a concentration of a feeling or, or an idea, or maybe it just makes space where there wasn't some before. Um, so Pert is famous for composing tintinabulatory music, and my understanding is that there are two meanings to this, both of which he ascribes to, which are that when you listen very, very closely, you hear the overtones, and it's the blending um, and responsiveness of these overtones that makes the music so beautiful. And the second is that he just loves triads, and he considered those to be part of this um, bell-ringing sound that is the music. Um, there are a couple quotes I'd like to share of parrots. Every note is there for a reason. Parrot has said that he wants his music to express love for every note. He said, There's a need to concentrate on each sound so that every blade of grass would be as important as a flower. In music, there is no answer. A composer must have the knowledge or a perception of what's coming. The first step is decisive. The first step is everything. So when I listen to Feralina, for example, right from the very first note, you've got a feeling for what's coming and how long it's going to last. And it's very interesting. And um, when uh, this piece gets performed, it often gets performed several times in a row. Or as I mentioned, maybe spaced several times in a concert. Uh, so this performance that you're going to hear is actually the same piece performed three times consecutively. It's not a repeat three times. It's three different times through.
You just heard Firulina by Arvo Pert. This is Sarah Bassingthwaite, flutist and composer, and you're listening to Second Inversion, Rethink Classical. The Hausador's Flute Concerto is, a, is my most recent piece. I just composed it this year over the past six months or so. I uh, got the inspiration for the concerto House of Doors from a Buddhist meditation exercise that is called House of Doors. It was created by the uh, Buddhist teacher Anna Wise several years ago. She's no longer living. Uh, but it is a meditation that when I first did it, I thought it was the most fun thing. And I had just a really profound experience with it. So I'll give you a, a brief explanation of what this meditation is. Um, in short, you're in a house that you've invented, and there's a hallway with many doors. And all the doors look different, and you get to go and open any door you want. Walk inside the room, look at it in as much detail as you can, walk around, see what's there, and change anything you want. And then leave, close the door, and you're done. And then you can go to another one and another as much as you want. And the idea of the meditation is not only to sort of hone your powers of imagination and uh, observation, but also to have a feeling of the ability to change things in your life that you want to change. And this gives you sort of almost a dreamlike place to learn how to make changes. So um, when I did this the first time, I opened a door and it opened into what looked like a normal bedroom at first. But as I observed more closely, I saw little plants and tendrils and I went deeper in and slowly entered a very dark, deep jungle that just went back for miles and miles, full of orchids and vines and all kinds of things. Um, and so I just explored around there a little bit, and, um, and I felt like I was there. It was very interesting. And then I left. And the next door that I came to opened it up and immediately entered a dark, hot, uncomfortable red cave. And in the center of this cave was a chair under a spotlight, and the chair was empty. And it was just a very uh, scary place. And uh, so I explored around there, and, uh, and I left. And then the last door I opened up opened. There's no floor, no ceiling. It was just sky. And I stepped right into this room and could move about as I wished, and it was just uh, flying and free and wonderful. So those images, uh, as hokey as they may be, they really were powerful to me and a, and a lot of fun. So that's the inspiration for House of Doors, Flute Concerto.
You just heard the flute and piano reduction of the Flute Concerto House of Doors by Sarah Bassingthwaite. This is Sarah Bassingthwaite, flutist and composer, and you're listening to Second Inversion, Rethink Classical. The next piece we will hear is George Crumb's Vox Ballonet, also known as Voice of the Whale. This is a piece that I've loved performing. I've performed it several times, and it is called for a performance under blue lights with each of the players, which is a flute, piano, and cello, wearing masks. Three masked players. Um, and the piece is pretty long when you play the whole thing. I think about 24 minutes. You'll hear excerpts from it today. Um, and it really challenges the edges of each of these instruments. There's a lot of sounds in the cello that you have no idea that that's a cello making that sound. And um, you get inside the piano and get to play with the strings. Uh, and the flutist sings and whistles. And there's all sorts of things. Uh, and so when I first was working on this piece, it seemed like, oh, this is going to be one of those contemporary pieces that people think is just crazy. And it has been 
one of the best-received pieces I've ever performed by every audience, people who are non-musicians, uh, musicians alike. And people just love this piece, as do I. And I think part of it is a theme that I was talking about a little bit with Pert, um, a little bit about how the music draws you in as a listener and the pacing of the piece uh, what I would call the way the piece moves through time requires that you really be present. It's not going to come to you. You have to be there. And I love that when music can do that. Um, when it makes you feel like you're leaning forward and you're really interested. And this piece does that in its timelessness. Um, interestingly, the movements are named after um, prehistoric time periods. So you'll hear today, you're going to hear the Archaeozoic and Proterozoic time periods. Um, and there are a few others in there. Uh, you'll hear four movements today. There's C theme, Archaeozoic, Proterozoic, and the C nocturne.
You just heard Vox Ballonet by George Crumb. It's been so great to be with you today. I loved sharing some of my favorites with you. It is such a treat. Um, I was so glad I got to present a preview of my piece. It's the flute and piano reduction of what will be the full orchestration this coming Saturday, April 30th. Uh, Northwest Symphony Orchestra conducted by Anthony Spain and Mary Siegel will be playing the flute, House of Doors Flute Concerto. Thank you so much for having me today. I wanted to also take a moment to say thank you to 4Culture for their support in this project.